I'm Maddie. I'm Ryan. And or Solar. Solar? Or, I know, Pugman or Rockman or Miss Broccoli. My name is Lady Gardener, which is seriously <laughs> the name of a character in this fucking episode of X-Men the Animated Series because that's what we do here on Her this show. Her power is to garden, guys. We watch every adaptation of the X-Men and then we talk about it. And usually we talk about how gay it is, but this week we're just going to talk about how fucking dumb it is and also how gay it is. What an episode. Back when we were young, we experienced a change. Just so y'all know, if you really enjoyed Wolverine running around in the middle of like Nevada and also with all these in Japan and just with saving, you know, yeah. you know, you know how we love Logan going to other countries and just saving other countries for some reason. Even yeah, actually, that's like really States. true. It's like you know, Connecticut. And, just like uh, leaving, now, leaving the state of New York yes, for a second now, to like go on an adventure. Cyclops gets to do it. It's the same Finally. fucking story that we it's just saw. It's literally the same shit that we saw twice in a row, basically. <laughs> I mean, where it's like it's a one-off episode. It doesn't matter. None of this matters at all to the rest of the show. It's one character going on a journey by themselves. Usually that's Logan in the show. Although we did have like the Gambit episode where he kind of did the same shit where he like went to Louisiana. This is, I guess this is like okay, a classic you know X-Men Can we just, TAS thing. Yeah, but the, the episode with Gambit was at least entertaining to watch. True, true. <laughs> and you know what? The Lotus and the Steel. Well, the Lotus on the Steel was really bad. I don't know. I, don't know. I had a hard it time with that one. Call. It was just boring. It, that was, I'm trying to decide if this episode is worse than that or not. This it episode is. isn't racist. But it's so boring. It's like it, this episode centers around Cyclops, who goes to a deserted town. Well, not a deserted town. He goes okay, to a, a, a desert. There's no previously on the X Men, by the way, because nothing fucking matters. No. So we may as well just describe what happens in this one episode because nothing else. Well, around okay. It here matters. is my summary of the episode. Cyclops okay. decides that he wants to get butt fucked, so he goes to Westworld and pays to be there, and that's the episode. <laughs> it is like it, he it, goes to the old West. Okay, actually, technically, <laughs> he's in Arizona. Like, he's in Skull Mesa, which I Googled it, and it's in Arizona, which, like, I don't know. Sure. Like, Skull Mesa is like an actual town. I was going to say, it, uh, this again, it's that whole situation that X Men the Animated Series does where it's like, okay, we are literally going out of New York City, and it's just what you it's saw just in a, a history wasteland. book. 
but but like a, a not in an accurate history book by the way like a history book that's like western colonialist yeah. views of the rest of the world that's like everything's a backwoods other than metropolitan areas apparently which are bastions of progress i mean skull mesa does have a lot of trails sure. and desert and stuff but there's well, also is it is it a haven for mutants who don't like society because that's what it is in this episode i guess yeah there's a town sort of hidden in the middle of nowhere in the wilderness of arizona it's it's specifically supposed to be hidden because there's mutants who are hiding out there and living out their lives in secret there that's it's another one of these episodes where mutants are just trying to live normal lives but then something happens that fucks it up and now and they the live in the desert have to well, I mean, they already lived in the desert before when things were going well. But but yeah, anyway, I guess we'll just summarize. I don't. Stupid- it, it's also it's just strange. OK, so let's get started. It is strange. Previously. It really is so strange. here we go. Previously on the X-Men. <laughs> nobody cares. Here's Cyclops flying a ship. Flying in a ship <laughs> over Arizona. Oh, this whole scene already is like annoying to me because I'm so, I was so confused. There's like Cyclops is flying a ship and he's just having flashbacks but then flashbacks within the flashbacks and i was like okay. what the fuck is this inception bullshit i don't care okay so he like has a flashback he has like six flashbacks at the beginning of the episode and then but eventually he screams out- my memories actually no he, <laughs> he screams that in between each flashback yeah so cyclops is in a plane he's talking to xavier on the phone i don't think xavier even responds by the way there's no other he's X-Men just leaving xavier a voicemail he's leaving him a voicemail and here's what the voicemail says for the record professor I still haven't been able to contact Taylor Prescott in over two weeks. By the way, listeners, we don't know who the fuck Taylor Prescott is. He's going to be introduced in this episode. He will be introduced very poorly. If you don't know who he is, that's fine. You're in a, as much in the dark as the average viewer watching this episode, most likely. Honest, I think he's also made up for this cartoon. Yeah, I don't know who the fuck. Like him and the two kids that he shows up with. I think those. I think he is made up for the cartoon. I think so too. I'll check it later. No, but I'm so looking right now and it looks like I'm right. Great. So Scott's voicemail continues. Yeah. My last conversation with him worried me. Pretty desolate country around here. I should arrive in Skull Mesa in 15 minutes. I'll give Dr. Prescott your regards. So like, this is just an absurd stream of consciousness voicemail. That's like six unrelated sentences that like Scott just says. And like, it's not even a phone call. I don't know. So then there's this weird echoing of Prescott in Scott's head. Like too many times. It reminds me of the Gambit episode. Prescott, Prescott, Prescott. What what did he say? What was the one in the, the Gambit episode? I don't know. Gambit had like a friend. Was it? Like, was it like the tithe the tithe or something like that i don't know <laughs> that's how our episode about gambit went yeah it's just us repeating well the okay, you know what's funny is that he instead of gambit uh cyclops has instead of a butter dish he has this like glowing crystal thing this trophy yeah it's, well it's yeah. crystal it's glittering it's not explained what it fucking is until the end and then it also is well, like, like it, it, it took me a really long fucking time to figure out what the trophy was. I think they actually were trying to show us what it was at the beginning, and I just misunderstood what I was looking at, and it's like wasn't clear until no, the it wasn't. I don't know. I don't know. He just he pulls out this thing while he's having these memories, and he's it's this little like crystal statue of Doctor Prescott and two kids. That's uh, and I, he has his arms around the two kids, which I immediately clocked as creepy, and which is just remains agree. creepy for the entire. Well, I, I, episode. No, it does because every single lie miss the doctor. Or Prescott has Dr. is Prescott. is kind of weird and sinisterish. <laughs> like, I was kind of there waiting for a real like for him to be Mister Sinister. Villain. No, yeah, instead they took something. this one off. Other, I don't know. It's stupid. So anyway, Prescott's echoing through Scott's head, and he gets to this flashback of this kid 
coming over these Dr. Prescott and these two, two kids, kids coming over it's to so Xavier's d- mansion. We don't know when the fuck that is. I think it's like when the original five X Men are there because I don't we so see too, a cut Scott, of like yeah Scott we, is wearing his old costume right and, and I so think we see Iceman and Beast and Gene and Angel I, I of like flipping around. That. I don't think any of that happens. But I don't think that's in the episode. Well, I'm we're gonna stop sure this episode not. and go back and watch right now. Also, I refuse to go back and watch this. It also extremely doesn't matter. Doctor Prescott is just dropping off these two random kids at Xavier's mansion, and he's <laughs> like, "One day humans and mutants will live in harmony." But that's not today. So, so I'm taking Xavier, these kids back. Can you just fucking take these kids? And like, meanwhile, the kids do a little demonstration of their mutant powers. So one of them has like some sort of beams that he shoots at a plant and then the plant sparkles. And I was like, I don't understand what the fuck that power is. <laughs> I, wait, I, kid, I didn't either. I wrote that down. I was like, what the fuck did that kid even do? I think he made the kid. He made like the plant. No, I, he just made it glow. <laughs> He has the ability to make shit sparkle. What a useless fucking power, okay? Okay, and then the other kid, who who is a little girl, I think, it, it, she shoots crystals, and she builds, like, this little crystal sculpture on the okay, ground. Okay, well, what the fuck happened to her, though? We never see her again. She's made up for this TV show. She's not in the town that she was supposed to be in, but she seems like she'd be a pretty useful character in terms of, I like... I actually don't even know what happens to these kids period like do they ever get to the town is that even part let's of it? just assume the kid who makes sh- made shit sparkles just dies because he probably was sent into the like battlefield as as they both fucking died like who are they <laughs> we never know who they are and they never matter again after this scene. i know so like but they're in they... the, they're part of the fucking trophy that we have to keep looking at Right, so I think what is supposed to be understood by this scene is that the girl makes the crystals into a trophy and the boy makes it sparkle and the two of them make this trophy oh. for some fucking reason. Well, I didn't realize that, but that's funny because I was like, I just assumed she made the crystal but didn't think about his stupid okay, sparkling powers. Here's what makes no sense. We're like really skipping ahead here, but like, I. why did the children make the trophy? Because I, do they even nobody know Dr. Knows. Prescott? I don't know. It's... All I'm just waiting for is Dazzler to walk in, seeing this sparkly kid and being like, fuck you. <laughs> He's got like busted Dazzler or busted Jubilee yeah, powers. Seriously. Like, I don't know what his powers are. So anyway, these two kids are like making making these crystals. They're not making the trophy in the scene. They're I, just showing off their mutant powers. And then Cyclops shows off his mutant powers by using his eye beams to destroy the girl's crystal, which I was well, like, why is he doing that? I don't that? think he's showing it off. I think the crystals are just going out of control and like gonna like take <laughs> down the Scott house. Is like, let me just quickly nip this in the bud. I mean, that and is so a Cyclops anyway, thing to do. Yeah, so Xavier is like, cool, cool, I'll take in these kids, and then that's the end of the scene, and then we do another flashback Wait, no, that's not, what, that's not what happens. I thought at the end, like, Xavier's like, yeah, I'll take them, and then the kids run back to Dr. Prescott, but I think Dr. Prescott says that he's going to take them back anyway. I don't understand the point of the scene, because they definitely leave with Dr. Prescott at the end. So, I thought Dr. Prescott was bringing them to Xavier's, and then Xavier said no. That's kind of like... Oh. Okay, clearly I didn't understand it either. Uh, well, I don't know if I At understood all. it either. This is not a well-written scene, okay? I don't know. They're inventing characters that have no comic book background, which is fine, but generally you have to, like, explain who they, who they are. who they are. <laughs> and, like, introduce them. 
Okay, I was so confused at like every step of the way of this episode. So just like everyone can strap in because this is not going to improve. It's so not- we get a second flashback. A second flashback. Yeah, within the flashback, where, by the way. Yes, where Scott, but now it happens later. Like this is the flashback. That this is where I got confused. Okay, he's at an orphanage with Dr. Prescott, but it's not the orphanage episode that we told everybody that we'd be watching next. That's not it. Know, this is a different orphanage. Okay, also, I think, I don't actually think he's talking to Dr. Prescott. I'm not trying to, like, gaslight you here, Ryan, but I think he's talking to Xavier. I think that's the other person in this scene. That's what no, I yeah, wrote that's, down, anyway. Wait, really? Yes, because what he says is, the kids made this for Dr. Prescott, but you know Dr. Prescott, he never wants to take credit for establishing a community where mutants can live in peace. And Xavier goes, I'm sure he'll appreciate something like this with the thought that's gone into it. And then we go back to Scott flying the plane and Scott looking at the trophy. So here's what I think happened. I think Dr. Prescott... I think Dr. Prescott wanted to found a community for mutants. For some reason, he didn't want these two kids to be there. I don't know why. I don't know. So he dropped the kids off at Xavier's house and he was like, hey, I'm a human. I'm trying to improve mutant and human relations and make a safe place for mutants. But like, I can't take care of these kids. And I know taking care of kids is your shit. Yeah, you're so right. You raise the kids. I'm going to go. Okay. And the kids stay with Xavier for a while. And the kids are like, we love Dr. Prescott, even though he abandoned oh, us. Oh, okay. Wait, I, this is, this is already why I'm confused. Okay. So those were two None different flashbacks. By the I was way. jumping ahead to a different flashback that happens <laughs> later in the episode, even though I have my notes right here, but it all fucking murders together and it's just about to get fucking bonkers from here because I know, it's the actually next, gonna get worse the next scene is that like scott saw the cyclops is flying, flying. The thing, and then suddenly we hear a voice and it turns out a talking bulldog is just here now and i was like who the fuck is this <laughs> i was like okay all right let's go with okay, this so this bulldog also has psychic powers and also the ability also to the like bulldog has a beard also the bulldog can shut technology down this okay, is this so an actual bulldog, character this isn't i don't i think it was invented for the show i think literally everyone other than i think solar who i think is a real character but i don't know yeah right Am I, I wrong? No, Solo. No, there, no. There's, there's some other ones in there. I know ArcLight's in the background. I know Toad is a real character. Chet is not real. Uh, Gardner Liddy is not real. I'm gonna look up this character. This character is named Watchdog. Nope, he's not from anything. I didn't it, think so. He's nothing. Okay. Also, Random is in this episode, and he's real. Like, there's a. I remember that's. There's, so there's oh my like god. A bunch of mutants in this episode who have cameos who are from Marvel Comics, and then yes. there's like twelve characters who are not from anything at all, and will never be in another episode after yeah, this. And, I and we don't never know why see them again. <laughs> like, okay so watchdog is the name of this humanoid bulldog who has a beard and he's like <laughs> he's a genius he's a technological wizard he's sitting at a control panel and he's like sensing scott's approach on like sonar or whatever tools he's using yeah and he's he's talking to his associates who we haven't seen yet but we like realize he's got people who he works with and we don't know who they are and he's like sensing that scott's plane is flying in and he's like there's some guy flying in here and also he's thinking about dr prescott so we're like okay this dog is psychic that's cool well so i mean then this other guy is there and his name is bill braddock and we're gonna learn more about him later because he's gonna be like the arch villain of the fucking okay but episode. like i'm so fucking well, it, it's confusing because they don't explain who he is or what his powers are 
ever. He's at not any point. like a real character. Well, he is, but he's like well, a background really character matter. that's dead. It's it's he. Oh, I can't. But in this episode, he's basically like a super villain who's you know running this whole fucking yes. town and has all the mutants under his thumb. Oh wait, hold on. I just found. Okay, just so you know, the kid that makes shit listen. His name's apparently Andrew. Great. And also, Crystal Lady is named Nicole. The little girl, you mean? Yes. Okay. Yeah, it's a, well. It's Andrew so, and Nicole are not going to come back ever again, so it doesn't, it doesn't at matter. All matter. Okay. Um. Anyway, back to Solar. Well, <laughs> his name is Bill Braddock for now. So Bill Braddock has this weird remote that he's fucking with. By the way, don't know what that remote is. It's never explained. Am I wrong? Like, what the fuck is the remote? I think it opens and closes a garage door to like the mutant mine shaft. Maybe. So so then Watchdog starts firing beams onto Scott's ship. Scott crashes. Okay. Wait. I mean, I, you know, here see, he Scott crashes the ship specifically like his dad does that is exactly what i wrote also, <laughs> it's like oh he takes after corsair and then not only does I literally he literally wrote takes after his dad in that way in <laughs> and then he notes. like ejects the parachute and then also yeah. crashes that and then his sunglasses off and which he screams my glasses my glasses which is something that we scream all the time whenever we're imitating Scott. And then luckily for him, he also has lost his mutant powers suddenly. No, so he, like he loses his glasses, immediately opens his eyes in classic Scott fashion and is like, <laughs> I don't have my power. It's funny that that's what his first thing to do is when he doesn't have his glasses on is open it's his crazy. eyes. And I'm always he thinking, always Cyclops, what he are you doing? I don't know. Okay. It so time. it's really funny because he puts on another pair of sunglasses that he could yeah, be had with them. Backup pair. I was thinking about that today and I was, because I remember writing down that that was fucking crazy but then i was like you know what ryan you literally have like three or four pairs of glasses just in case you ever drop one and you break it you have another pair of glasses you can wear i'm not talking sunglasses i'm talking regular glasses i have like three pairs because i mean i think you need to dude i I was gonna say i cannot see period without them okay but also you regularly drop things like and i also regularly like step on shit and break shit because i don't know it's i i try to slow down but Here's the you real thing. Speaking of glasses, I don't have depth perception. So that is half my battle right there. Anyway, so you continue and Cyclops on. actually have a lot of similarities. It's why you don't like Cyclops because you see yourself in him and you're like, wow. No, I really don't. I mean, like, really, do I seem like the Boy Scout who wants to suck Xavier's dick? You don't. No. I'm just teasing you. So anyway. Now, do he... I seem like the Boy Scout that wants to get fucked by Logan? Yes. That's true. That part of it is very similar to you. Right. So Cyclops goes back to his ship and he goes, somebody tried to take me out. And it's like, fucking duh, I, He's just figuring this out, by the way. <laughs> and then he tries to use the phone that's inside the ship and it's busted. And so then he just wanders off into the desert. Yeah, I don't really know what his plan is here. I mean... I mean, he he's just walking to Skull Mesa because he knows that's where Dr. Prescott lives. And he's like, I guess I'll just walk the rest of the way. What else is he going to do? He's starved to death in the desert. So then he sees a Jeep driving by. He waves it down. The Jeep the guy, kills him. And that's the, the end of the episode. <laughs> that would be great. The Jeep stops, turns around and picks him up. And Cyclops is like immediately pissed off that the guy didn't stop sooner. Well, but which, that's like, because the guy almost hit him with the Jeep. I mean, I guess that's what it was. But then the, the guy responds to him and is like, sorry, I don't normally pick up strangers. And I was like, I can't really blame you. Okay, but like, also this is, this is so the, that was the opening line for this becoming wildly gay. gay. 
because he's like it's like him <laughs> trans i said sorry i don't normally pick up people off of grinder but hey yeah want to suck my so dick hands cyclop a flask which by the way looks like it's an alcohol i don't know and also he, this guy takes him to his house so that's why i was like this is a grinder hookup right now by the way this guy's gonna be the main character in the episode and his I, name is daryl tanaka by the way so it's just oh, like that's this- what his name was i thought it was, yes. i thought he said his last name was sweet corn and i was like wow that's racist okay, but he, okay he's a real mumbler i had to look up his name i had no idea what the fuck he was saying he's like my name's daryl sweet corn tanaka anyway come to my house so he takes cyclops to his house which this is also insane i thought this was gay too i'm like this is a gay hookup right it is gay it is gay like he picks cyclops up off the street drives him to his home invites him in but like before he invites him in as they're driving down oh we have another flashback this is a flashback that i remember right i think the next thing i think the next thing that happens is everybody sees them coming and starts shutting oh, all the doors and windows. Yeah, okay, there's multiple shots in this episode where people keep on seeing Scott the and they shut yes. the window and scream and run away. It happens nine, like nine times in this nine episode. Times. It's like every time people see Scott, they scream as though they've seen a monster and shut the but windows. But the people are screaming are like men that are made out of rocks and a broccoli yeah, lady. So a I don't know. Mutants. Yeah, it's like a mutant town and the mutants are afraid of Scott, which is like sort of interesting, especially since Scott has lost his powers. So he's sort of like a human by the way the the mutants in this are on par with the morlock episode where some of them were morlocks from the comics and then other was just like shittily drawn doodles in the background there's a screenshot here i sent you maddie where it was like i was like maddie this this screen cap right here which shows all of them in one shot staring at scott but their eyes are like all like not matching up yeah and it was like what the (laughs) fuck is this (laughs) <laughs> yeah so so like just in response to everyone screaming and running away daryl tanaka is like oh um so people don't like strangers here and scott is like i understand that's how it usually is and then we have the flashback that i think you're talking yes, about this is the one is where like, okay so cyclops is at an orphanage not the orphanage that i thought we were going to with the purple man orphanage. this is dr prescott's orphanage where is he's it? Yeah. Okay, I don't know if that's true because they never say that at all. Like, okay, they but never would it say, maybe I maybe I'm misremembering this and that the doctor. I, mean, I think you're probably what right. What if I'm Dr. Prescott saying, turns out to be the Purple Man in a later episode and I'm just wrong? You know, I don't remember. I, mean, I don't even remember this episode. I'm gonna this look is, that up. I know my <laughs> X Men lore really well, but for some reason I have absolutely no memory of this fucking episode. Like none at all. I don't know he's why. He's not the Purple Man. No, he's, he's not. No one. He's okay. just fucking. Fuck this then. All right. So anyway, he's at the orphanage and they're playing baseball, by the way. And for some reason, I don't know why Cyclops even does this. He like looks up the the (laughs) ball and like blasts it with his eyes and his eye but then also well, falls it, down I think he does it I think he does it unintentionally I think it's like his powers are starting to manifest but he doesn't have control but it, over this was yet. weird to me because I was like this is is this how we're showing Scott manifesting his powers but no then the guy Dr. Prescott later runs over he's like oh you know he's got powers I'm like what version of does Scott he? is this where it turns his powers turn on and on off and as a off. child that's not so like his powers turn on when he's trying to catch the ball he demolishes the ball the other kids try to beat him up and they're like you fucking freak and then dr prescott shows up he's like now children don't be afraid of each other anyway scott come have some ice cream with me okay but that's creepy too i'm like what is this weird pedophile doing now i was like what the fuck is happening it was all weird it's all like weird the ice cream thing i couldn't tell if i was just i was just being a weirdo and like putting something onto this relationship that wasn't really there but like i just didn't like it and i was also i think it makes more sense if you're right and dr prescott owns an orphanage but i don't think he does because i don't know who the fuck this guy is and they never tell us like no it doesn't when anyway so 
then that flashback ends and it goes back to scott and this dude and they go to his house which is also like the guy's office i guess and he's like yeah, he's also an he's eye doctor. doctor yeah he's an eye doctor but he's also like a and regular okay, doctor this, wait hold on this next this next thing drives me fucking crazy because they walk in for their little hookup right and yep. he sits down and <laughs> in the eye doctor chair scott sits the, down. the eye doctor goes you know would you like some tea and scott's like yeah and he walks over to the kitchen where the tea has been boiled it's on I'm like, wait a second. So who made the fucking tea? I like, and I know that's something that nobody should care about, but I actually like, okay. care about consistency. I noticed that. And then later in the, uh, in later it happens in the episode, later when he's cooking happens, food. Yeah. He's like, would you like some food? And then there's just food made. Magically, and there's food that's already been prepared. It's like, as I mean, though, is that his, I thought that was maybe his power. His it's like, power. he can make food produce. If that's the case, can we marry that dude? Because come it, on. You know, I, that it turns out is that actually isn't his power. His actual powers revealed later. And for now we don't even know he's Immune. Well, okay, That's whatever. Like the secret reveal so, at the very end of the episode. So, was the other matter. thing happening? The only explanation I hear for the fucking tea that nobody else but me cares about is that he turned on the tea, left, and like went and drove <laughs> around the desert for so some reason. Dangerous. Almost hit Scott, and he comes back to have his tea. Like that. <laughs> is crazy That's crazy right okay so he instantly has the power to heat up water for tea so he does that and so then scott is like are you the only doctor around here and daryl goes doctor and coroner which is just like a goth thing to say that like never comes into play later no, it so doesn't. i don't know why he says it this is like so gay dark phoenix really weird series of lines that like everybody <laughs> just no, i don't i don't know i don't understand what they're saying and also the dude's shaking his keys in the window which i thought yeah, was relevant okay, so but that Darryl, has no relevance so never so mind daryl picks up his keys and is shaking his keys in the window in the like window. he's signaling somebody but he's not yeah but he's not he's just <laughs> shaking his keys for some fucking reason we don't know why i like how we're mentioning all of this and we just because like it makes no fucking sense <laughs> it's, it's like a fever a dream of random images and we're like okay so then he's got his keys like, <laughs> Wait, because it's like this? written it is written like one of the scripts i wrote in i wrote in high school where every detail is written down it's like but Pucci like takes out his stick and gum. He chews the gum. Well, he sticks the gum into his mouth. He chews the gum. He's chews it he three times. He crumples up the piece of paper thoughtfully. <laughs> yeah, he walks over to the trash can and throws away the piece of paper. That's... He misses. He leans down to pick up the piece of paper. I kind of feel like the, the animators must have looked at the script and saw that that you know they see that this dude has keys, so they made sure to animate they every. Animate I don't know who what happened here, but it's it's, it's fucking weird. Anyway, okay, so if you want to describe there. this insane conversation be my guest um so daryl says to scott what else do you have to do here and scott goes i've got a better question doctor what's going on here and i just wrote good question because i was like <laughs> i truly don't know what's happening in this scene and so then scott picks up the doctor's phone and the doctor starts panicking and going who are you calling and then for some reason scott hangs up the phone again like it's like i don't know if the phone doesn't work or yeah. what no because he picks it up but i think there's no i think he says i think there's like a noise he doesn't actually say that the phone is dead he just well, hangs it up so i don't fucking know i just so assume that says somebody just tried to make me a permanent part of your living desert and why is everyone around here acting like scared prairie dogs i'm looking for dr taylor prescott know where i might find him and daryl goes prescott 
I didn't realize he still lived here. And Scott goes, he did two weeks ago. I'll look for him myself. And then he just walks out of this guy's house, which that whole scene is so awkward and weird. It's, and I don't... I'm telling you, it's a, it's a hookup scene and they tried Gone to make wrong? it for children. No, I think it, I think they did hook up and we just didn't see that part. And now he's quickly trying to come up with a reason. It's like they just fucked and they put their clothes on and Scott's like, uh, have you seen Dr. Prescott? Dr. Prescott? And now they're just like, I have no idea that it's Scott's like, fine, I'll leave, asshole. Like, you know. <laughs> It's just really awkward. So Scott's walking down the street. People are screaming when they see him and running away. Yeah. He he sees some green lady gardening. She is not from anything. Her she looks like a fucking piece of broccoli. Okay, Lady Gardener or Lady Broccoli, according to Ryan. Um, yes, thank so she you. She runs away and screams as soon as she sees Scott <laughs> every single time. Yes, and so then Bill Braddock, aka Solar, walks up to Scott and he's like, with with hey, his with his gay with entourage his of of. Let me explain this. We have Toad, who we've not seen on the yep. show before. Toad, of of course, is already everything he does on this episode is so gay and then this other guy who looks like a gay cowboy and his name is chet and i'm like his, okay so Chet's he's power is also being incredibly fucking gay like so gay dude he's he every single time chet has a line he looks at scott and he's like yes and like kind of eyes him up down and licks his fucking lips and i'm like what the fuck is this now that's that is how the voice actor talks is like husky vocal fry like hey i'm chet <laughs> that is partner <laughs> it's like what he's bringing to the role and he's he's just a gay evil cowboy so anyway uh braddock is like hey folks here don't take well the strangers and scott goes oh is that the town motto which i did actually think was really funny because by that point in the episode people had said it to him like 600 times in the entire town had, like, like cyclops is just being a sarcastic bitch at this I point know. okay this whole scene is like braddock and scott trying to out sarcasm each other for like 10 lines in yeah, a but row. we already it's saw like, that happen in tomb raider we don't need scott to do it I know. also can we just talk about uh the fact that you know solar or i guess i, I should be calling him that yeah bill braddock he is sitting there yes. saying that he's like a good person but he's literally covered in like evil eye makeup and shit and wearing yeah, like this like evil cape weird crown he like, like clearly a is a villain i'm like okay and he's scott like, obviously knows that i am a good guy yeah <laughs> i know he's like really ah, ha, 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 ha. i'm the nice mayor here fucker it's like whoa okay <laughs> so like bill braddock is like i heard your plane had some landing trouble wasn't that right chet and then chet is like hey. and then he's like i also heard you got a smack on the head did you hear about that chet and chet is like that's right mr braddock okay that's the gayest shit I'm, i was like i was braddock losing my like, fucking shit watching that i think it's like there's no hospitals around here a slick little city boy like you might want to go to a big old city doctor which is like the so, okay, so i'm like this is clearly the lines are set up for a porn right this is yeah. like but it doesn't lead into that part it just leads it to scott leaving but it should lead into them like fucking scott right but, but it doesn't and there's like all these dramatic music stings in between <laughs> each line so as though we didn't get that these guys were evil and that they crashed scott's plane and that they're trying to kill him it's like but um but um it's like that's every like surprise so dramatic. <laughs> yeah and so then scott eventually is like tell me braddock while you're being so helpful maybe you can tell me where taylor prescott is prescott and then braddock is like hmm <laughs> <Doesn't> <laughs> answer. and then toad or somebody is like he moved into the chandler place 
But then he moved away. And then Scott is like, like funny thanks, way Toad. for man to act right after inviting me to visit. And Braddock is like, you calling us liars, Mr. Summers? And Scott is like, no, a helpful man like you. Now, how about being even more helpful and telling me how to get to the Chandler place? And they don't tell him. And somehow Scott fucking finds it anyway. I don't know how, but he does. I don't know. He goes, he leaves and he goes and finds this house. Also, Braddock looks like a fucking He-Man villain. Just so you he know. Does. Everybody does. So Scott finds the house. I didn't understand. Okay. I didn't even understand that that was Dr. Prescott's house at first, but it was covered in like green cum, which like. Yeah, which is Toad's cum, which is explained, I guess. I don't know. The fact that Toad kidnaps him. Like, I mean, I, find I, that I, I know it's his slime, but really in this episode, the way that they use it is more like, since everything else is so gay, I'm just like, okay, so that's just Toad coming all over the place. I mean, I know that's not what's happening. It's his superpower. Please, jizz. all of you, go watch this episode so we can ver- validate that we are not I mean, crazy. Honestly, don't. This episode makes no it's, yeah, sense. Yeah, I mean, it's honestly terrible. It's I, mean, I, I don't I know. I really wish that we hadn't had to watch it, so I don't think anyone else should. Know, so anyway. it's covered in green slime, and that's all we fucking care about. So that's yeah, like, it's oh, like please. A two second scene, if that. Scott just sees all the green come, and he's like, oh fuck, and then he runs back to Daryl's house. Yeah, because he runs back to his grinder date's house, and he's like, what's going on here? But then it doesn't matter because then like. Uh, Braddock and all the other gay guys show up and they're like they cover they cover th- oh wait you know what this is not how it goes but my notes say all the gay villains show up covers Scott and Toad come and then they gangbang him that is actually him. what happens I mean they don't gangbang him but I'm they pretty do sure they him and Toad's come <laughs> And so he's covered in the sticky yellow stuff. And then there's a cut to Scott getting put underground in a mine. And then this is where we discover that there's apparently a mine. Yeah, that's town. why I think this he uses the remote clicker here to open a garage door that shows that there's like mutant slaves being forced to mine their gold or whatever. Well, that's a little bit later. He has to deliver a villain monologue first before he, well, he shows does you do the that. But slaves. I'm sitting here being like, oh no, they're going to put Cyclops on the mines. But then they just let him go. And I was like, what is okay. the. What? You're so bad at being a villain. Oh my God. You just skipped to the end of this scene, but it is actually really funny. So like Bill Braddock just monologues for like a full hour about the fact that like he kidnapped Prescott, covered him in Toad's jizz. Prescott's been (laughs) in suspended animation for like, I don't know, 12 years or some shit. And so he's just glued to the wall sitting there and, and Scott is like, Oh no. And Bill Braddock is like, tomorrow you will serve as an example to those who disobey me. Taking all the lovely sights now while you still can. (laughs) And Scott's like, I have friends. They'll find me. And Braddock is like, no, they're going to think you're dead because your plane crashed, you dumb bitch. And Scott is like, no. Wait, I'm glad that you wrote actual notes here because all I wrote for this entire scene that mine was says, Braddock says that he's going to spank Cyclops in front of the town the next day. And that's all I wrote. (laughs) I mean, that is all he says. Okay, so then Bill uses his garage door opener and opens up the secret wall that shows a bunch of mutant slaves who are mining for him. And he's like, they're collecting gold for me because we found out the doctor's little secret, which is like, I got really confused and I thought he meant Daryl Tanaka's secret, but I now realize he meant Dr. Prescott's secret. There's two fucking doctors in this episode. Yeah, but both of them are fucking useless, so it doesn't really matter. And so then Bill Braddock is like, nothing like a gold mine to make a man want to put down roots and get to know the community. And Scott is just like, what the fuck is going on? And then Bill Braddock screams, my name is Solar and shoots a bunch of beans at Scott. (laughs) I love how that's how that goes up. By the way, everyone, Solar is a character who appears in like one issue, kind of in the background, and then comes back and dies. 
That's it. Okay. None of this happened in the comic books. Solar is charged by the sun. Why is he able to use his powers in an underground mine? No, I think I think he just has Havoc's powers where he charges up in the sun, like retains it, and then blows it at his fucking asshole later. But wouldn't it make more sense if he used his powers above ground to like explain what they were? At least no, he just screams, "I'm Solar," and shoots Cyclops. Wait, but doesn't even matter because then. Okay. Because then at the end of it, he's like, let's let Scott go. I don't know. He does. <laughs> and then Cyclops goes back to his grinder date's house again. Again. He, for another quick, another quickie, because <laughs> he's like. third time. The third he's, he's all horned time. up because he just got like Toad's jizz all over him. And he's like, I just really want to get fucked right now. And Sweetcorn's yeah. like, well, let me make you dinner. Because now if this, <laughs> this is our third grinder date in one day. So maybe this is an actual date now. So I'm going to make you dinner. Which, by the way, he already fully had prepared. So, for like, for he like just two people. He just assumes so he- Cyclops. Maybe they were on Twink. Like, no, I keep on saying this. They can't do this because it's fucking the 90s. There is no app. To, like, I, There's like Craigslist, maybe. I don't know. Not anyway, even. There's like barely even the fucking There's like an AOL yet. message board that's like gay hookups hit there's me like up. There's like the newspaper classifieds. Like that is what people were using <laughs> yeah, back right? then. Okay, perfect. So anyway, Daryl is like, Solar doesn't want outsiders to find us. And Scott is like, because of the mine? And Daryl's like, yes. And then he's like, your friend, Dr. Prescott, made sure our community would be self-sufficient. The little gold we would mine each year was enough. We wanted to live quiet, normal lives. We thought we could find that here in Skull Mesa. And then when Scott is like, well, when Solar showed up, did anybody try to fight him? And Daryl's like, just Dr. Prescott. And Scott's like, no one tried to help him. (laughs) Daryl is like, look at us. Do we look like soldiers? All we want is to be left in peace. Solar and his men attack anyone who so much as questioned his authority. And I'm just like, this is the same as the fucking Lotus and the Steel episode all over again it is like, why are we doing this again it's like just a group of characters who are like season four know, is not can't good fucking do anything. can we just like say that season four has not been good it's been it's not good it's not and, good I, and, and i don't know who's who is responsible for choosing why all these disjointed storylines but it's just this all over the place seriously feels like it's killing time i don't know why but, but it's i like, could have said like, that about every episode in this season and some of them have been great and some of them have been bad and it's like okay we're just doing one-offs now it's like they did every major story arc already so they're kind of like okay it's like basically they were making this in the 90s and they like caught up to everything that had happened at that point and so they're now just coming up with shit they're just trying to make shit up so anyway scott leaves again and is disappointed he's like how can you call yourself a doctor and dramatically walks out so then he walks up to yet another new character named tusk this guy is like a strong man who he's like made of rock and also i don't think i believe he's made up for the show also and by the way they show his powers later, and it's like fucking crazy, right? I know. And like, I know. Uh, like he shoots he can like create miniature versions of himself and shoot. But them okay, at but people. so here's like there's a whole line in here where he's like, "Hey Scott, do you know what it's like to have a family?" And so I assume that he had a family, but now I think his family is just like just pieces of him that he makes. <laughs> and I'm like, what? <laughs> okay it's never explained so like this guy is like moving stuff around and then scott sees him doing that and he's like i guess there aren't many supers in this town which i had no idea what that line even meant and the tusk just goes nope <laughs> <laughs> and then scott asks him to help and tusk is like i'd like to help you prescott's a cool guy he got me out of a jam once but i'm just one man and scott's like sometimes it starts with just one man and then tusk is like are you married and i was like whoa we just leveled up this relationship suddenly <laughs> right tusk i thought that was gay that. too because i was like because yeah well tusk quickly is like oh because i, I am. have a wife 
<laughs> yeah. So he's like, I have a wife because I'm not gay. And so stop hitting on me. <laughs> and Scott is like, okay, geez. And then Chet shows up. And okay, Chet but is Chet like, like has fucking hey, kitty. Tusk. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and he like comes out of the ground like fucking kitty pride, which I'm like, what is his power? I mean, apparently he has kitty pride's powers because all he does is phase shift through things, which like that's his entire power. Like you never see him do anything else in the episode he just phases around and he's like this creepy like guy that's like i can fuck whoever one i want and i can yeah, get I can away with it because i can just of your slide butt away <laughs> bitch and it's like whoa all right uh anyway, anyway. So chet phases in and he's like hey tusk is your butt all ready for tonight and tusk is like oh no <laughs> sir and chet is like better let that boy get back to work summers hey tusk how's your wife and kids <laughs> i know also okay my note for that says gay cowboy comes out of the ground like kitty pride until scott to let Rockman get back to work while grabbing scott's cock <laughs> yeah that's basically what this scene is so then scott starts going door to door trying to recruit people to help him yeah broccoli lady screams go away i don't actually <laughs> think she does that's just what i wrote down and then toad and chet are in the background making fun of scott every time he like they're like cat calling door. him from the fence they're like they're basically Ooh, yeah, they're basically hot piece him. of ass you can't get any can you well we're the top bitches here it's like okay mean girls <laughs> i know and toad is like he's just dying for some assistance like He's just dying for like a butt fuck and a blow job. We're like, okay. <laughs> and then Scott goes, I don't need help to take care of trash like you. And he lunges towards Chet, who just immediately phase shifts through him. Yeah. And so Scott falls down on his butt. And then Chet just laughs yeah, good at job, him and Cyclops. walks away. Good job. And then there's and this then, then Wait a minute. Catch the Cyclops crying on a cliffside <laughs> in the desert. And he's Which like, I wish I had my powers. And I was like, okay, Rogue, calm the fuck down. <laughs> it reminded me of the Lotus and the Steel, like Lion King shit, where Logan was looking at his <laughs> reflection and being like, it's too bad I can't do anything at all to help anyone in this entire oh town. no but then we get to see him have flashbacks logan style to every scene from the x-men including gene and him getting married for like the 13th time and i'm like yeah, oh and it's my him god just going so much to live for so much left undone powers or not i'm still an x-man and i was just like i feel like there's a version of this episode that actually like interrogated what would happen to scott psychologically if he lost his powers like how is he feeling about that why is he in this town in the first place like does he have any emotional connection to any of this but you know it's not gonna matter so <laughs> Like, why are they trying to suddenly bring the drama with this monologue where like, I don't know. up to now nothing has mattered nothing at all. has happened at all by the way I don't know what the next scene is because all I wrote is Scott goes back into the town for a fight Solar is waiting with his dick out comma in the morning <laughs> yes okay so there's sun- it's sunrise it's a fucking old western tumbleweed goes by yeah wee- like wee- at least there's not a fucking tornado this time that's there's unexplained like, there's like they're both you know walking 10 paces away from each other and drawing their pistols and aiming them at each other and they both have their dicks out. And so then Scott is like, Braddock, don't do this. My friends will hunt you down to the ends of the earth. And Braddock is like, let them. No one can hurt me here. Soon these pathetic fools will have dug me enough gold to fill a palace. Now it's time to give these cowards another lesson in obedience. And then Toad shoots jizz all over Scott <laughs> again. And then they punch him again. And yeah, that's that That's scene. the end of that. And so, wait. They but then- go to this big statue of Braddock and they tie that's made Scott of gold. to that. 
It's and made out of gold. They, I don't know. Braddock calls a town meeting. Fucking town. This is what we have. That's that fucking shot of all the characters sitting there, and it's like I, that's when I noticed that arc light was there. I was like, why is arc light here? I don't even understand that, but whatever. It's like every single character is just standing there looking uncomfortable, and Solar is like, I've long told you the efforts of subversives to destroy our community. Now I give you an outsider summoned by the traitor Prescott, a spy who wants to steal your gold. Do you see this? And then he takes out the fucking sparkly ass trophy. Yeah. I don't even know where he got it from, but he probably stole it from the ship. And he's like, it's a transmitter. He tried to use it last night to summon his Confederates to come destroy you. And Scott just screams, that's a lie. And then <laughs> Solar is like, fortunately, Watchdog was able to jam the signal and I will destroy it with the power of Solar. Oh. And then Scott is like, that crystal was a gift for Dr. Prescott, a gift from two mutants he helped, just as he helped many of you. Taylor Prescott is no mutant hater. How can you let this madman destroy his work? And then everyone else is just screaming and like, <laughs> I, I don't even Did know. This, but also, then, this conversation went on for way too fucking long. And I'm just I like, mean, I don't care about any of these people yeah like, i was like i don't know who the fuck any of you are like i don't even know who you are i don't think you're front like some of these aren't even from the comic books i'm supposed to give a shit but i don't i just like don't no, care i just don't care about anybody and it feels like a story that's already been told in better episodes of this show so like that was hard for me to give a fuck about like we've right. already seen the asteroid m episode like we've already had episodes where mutants try to create a society for themselves and then it gets ruined season four has been very horny by the way i feel like every episode of season four has just been like super really homoerotic horny. and or I'm a- we're horny you know listener you can make your own decision about i mean that. it could be both it could be a little column a it could be a little column b i don't know you decide so true so true so anyway tusk is standing in the in the crowd and he's like looking guilty and then eventually he just is like all right i'm gonna fucking intervene so he creates a mini clone of himself throws it on top of yeah Solar's he like face. pops out of his fucking back it's not yeah, he it's, just creates it. it like comes out of a rock formation in his back and then hops on to solar fucks yeah, him in the like, face fucks him in the face tusk runs up freeze cyclops then broccoli lady starts glowing and like controlling all the plants around her so she's basically like uh what's that fucking character from she-ra um uh uh, uh, perfuma 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 that's it so she's basically perfuma she's got perfuma power she starts controlling the plants and then like some of the other mutants join in toad starts throwing cum balls at everybody yeah they literally that's what i wrote too i was like uh toad throws uh cum balls like a snowball yeah daryl runs up and then he touches scott's face and that heals him magically and then we've learned that daryl apparently has healing powers and like that brings scott's powers back well why the fuck did he go down into like the caverns of the mine shafts and heal everybody that's has toad come all over them i don't you know i don't fucking thanks, know dude. And so then daryl is like this is what i should is this why before. he's a doctor you can't get certified as a doctor because he's just like touch people and they heal that's not a degree i, mean, I guess that is being a doctor as far as this town is concerned yeah, I, I mean guess that's true it's about as good as anything else so then daryl is like i had to neutralize watchdog's effect on you so i'm like okay great watchdog apparently also has the power to take away people's mutant powers why does, why, why to, like, does this talking dog power? have 12 powers is my question and also like he he's never gonna be in another episode like who the fuck is this talking I don't, dog i don't know it's like the end of silent hill it's this dog he's controlling everything so anyway, <laughs> chet walks in and chet just shouts something at scott which i have no idea what it is but it sounds like he shouts hitler i watched it like six times and then i gave up i don't so then Scott I, blasts him with his eye beams solar screams that they're traitors i don't know there's just a really long fight scene that i don't fucking care i don't about. remember what happens i'll just know that None like cyclops blasts oliver chet and then like cyclops toad creates his everybody with his eyes everybody wait but then i don't even know what happens what happens to solar does he just like run away 
Okay, so I watched it a couple times. Solar literally just falls over. And I was like, what is happening in this moment? <laughs> Wait, but then like, uh, I think Scott shoots him. I think Scott shoots him and he falls over. I'm pretty sure that's what happens. Yeah, and then Cyclops is like, the people aren't afraid of you anymore, Solar. And the, bro- the broccoli lady is like, <laughs> and I was like, what? What is happening? Yeah. So Watchdog walks up carrying Dr. Prescott and he's like, Mr. Summers, I salvaged the transmitter from your plane. Some of your friends are on their way. And then Scott is like, change of heart, Watchdog. And Watchdog goes, you don't have to be a genius to see how things were going, which is like, okay, really Watchdog, line, actually, by the way, he's just Watchdog, Watchdog standing there watching saying, this happen for how long it's been going on. And then finally he's like, can't just sit by and watch and it's like you already (laughs) did it for like several years asshole it's basically watchdog admitting that like he was a piece of shit with how things were going and then he was like well i realized that you were more powerful than everybody else and now you're here so i decided to go ahead and turn the allegiances to you because i figured that was the way the winds were blowing now like he just openly admits that oh my god it's just like it doesn't even fucking make sense okay but so then he gets like wait hold on hold on wait so then scott is like how are you doc Doctor to the Dr. Prescott and Dr. Dr. Prescott Prescott's like totally fine. He's like, he just is happy. And then Scott goes, we'll take Solar and his friends to the authorities. And then Dr. Prescott goes, no, Scott, they committed their crimes here in Skull Mesa. We'll take care of them. So are they going to just fucking kill him? Kill them? They're just going <laughs> to fucking murder them and They're going to be like, we're going to have a witch hanging right the fuck now. And then he goes, that okay with you, Mr. X-Man? And Scott goes, yes, sir, doctor. Like, really excitedly? Like, as, like, as if like he's like, as, as if Dr. Prescott's his daddy or something. He's like, yes, it's, sir. He's like, yes, daddy. Let's hang the baddies. Like, it's like, Fuck me. Happening? Okay, but then that's like with the last thing. I'm walking into the sunset. Dr. Prescott no, like, no, no, no. Scott gives him the fucking trophy first. Oh, he pulls I forgot the about that. Out of his butt, and he's like, "Here's the trophy." And I hit Dr. it in my point of a butt. I can fit a lot of things in there now, Doc. And Dr. Daddy. Prescott goes, "It's a it's a symbol of humans and mutants and how much they have to offer to each other." How and is that then, a symbol? When it's like whatever. Anyway, and then they knock over the gold statue of Solar. All right, and everybody cheers. And then Tusk goes, I think this would be a good place for it. And I think he means the little tiny miniature trophy, which sadly they don't show a shot of them putting that on top of what used would to be Would that be really statue. funny if they have this giant platform and this tiny trophy nobody can even see? That's that, hilarious. That I, I hope that's what that line means. Okay. So then Dr. Prescott and Scott walk off into the sunset and they're like, let's catch up on old times. And Dr. Prescott goes, good idea. Do you still like ice cream? And then credits. I, I fucking hate I this thought episode. like... Like, Scott was like, let's fuck. And Dr. Prescott's like, I want to get the like ice, ice cream. <laughs> yeah. It's like a weird, I don't know. I guess Dr. Prescott's Cyclops' daddy. I don't, I don't really don't know. It's like, I really I mean, read this as. Because it seems like he abandons children at random. Like, what even is his deal at all? Like, I don't okay. know. we can talk about the politics of the episode but it's not so much politics it's just me trying to understand (laughs) the episode there's no politics here i mean i guess there are in the sense that there's okay well there are mutants that are enslaved there's god this is this is such a trope that happens i know i know so many stories before i mean it's 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 such a trope that i was able to understand it when i was a kid because remember uh when we read the my star wars fan fiction and i wrote when i was like eight 
mm-hmm. and we read it on the YouTube channel. And like, I was like, Han then goes to work. He's, I was like, Han and Chewie are enslaved and they go to the mines. Like, yep, you know, I, yep. I, I had a basic you understanding gotta that. Mines. You got to mine for gold. Like, if this was a slave, thing we were doing then works. is that, you know, if a town or whatever get taken over by an evil villain and then everybody just be like, shut up and not take, like, not fighting back and then also all get enslaved to work inside the mines. I don't know. This happens. This fucking story has happened a million times before. That and also even within the context of this show, again, we've had better episodes that have done the thing that's like mutants try to go and live on their own, but then petty infighting or like some other sort of internal problem, like a mutant decides they don't like how things are run. So he turns on his fellow mutants, takes over, destroys everything. This one is a little different because I think Dr. Prescott is actually a human and he's the one founding the mutant town, but I didn't like that. I didn't, I didn't like, like that either. Character. I didn't like the theme of that like why is dr prescott a hero we don't but also like it's like we've also done this story before with moira mctaggart and weir island and all her like friends that like live on the island with her and go to you know the moira bar you know go to the mutant bar but like it's not interesting here because dr prescott as far as we know is a guy who's like maybe he runs an orphanage maybe he doesn't it's never maybe he's mr sinister we don't ever know secretly mr sinister the entire time which would make a fuck of a lot more sense so anyway if kids at his orphanage turn into mutants does he just drop them off with xavier because that kind of makes sense but that's not something that's said in the episode at all but But also does he just take mutant children and then when they're old enough drops them off in this fucking town that he's invented i don't know who don't is know this either. guy okay well okay i like this uh, okay i don't like this but it's it is you're right there's a politic here where you're looking at a human who's trying to take mutants and do the right thing for them but really is still just not like keeping them divided from the rest of the world and also like thinks he knows best for them but like at the end of the day he imagine if, imagine if you them. did a, did that with us gays right and it's like there's this like one straight guy that's like i'm gonna support the gays i'm gonna take the gay children and drop them off at this gay school where they like can learn how to be okay as gays and then once they leave that school i'm gonna put them in this gay town where they have no <laughs> interactions with any of the straight people in the world like that's like how fucking absurd is that right like it's I like mean, and, it and, and, then, and then patting himself on the back being like i helped the I gays today them I I really made life better for them by separating them from normal Even society. further, like, putting them in the middle of the so fucking desert. It's so more yeah. fucked up to have a human character be the one do this. Like, the more I think about it, the more fucked up it actually is. Like, when mutants go back and they, like, form a separatist community on their own, it's like, there's certainly politics that we've dissected with that with Magneto. Yeah, especially with but the Mor- you, Morlocks, too. Right, right, exactly. But when you have a human character being like, I love mutants. I love them so much that I want to give them a self-sufficient task in the middle of nowhere where they're never and i could collect leave. them like fucking pokemon yeah and like also that town ended up just devolving into crime and like that wasn't fully dr prescott's fault but like i'm not convinced it wasn't like honestly like he didn't inspire enough unity well, it's in not, the it's of not the as town if to, like, dr prescott taught back. him taught the mutants how he didn't teach them how to be like he or knew that to, he, like stand up for them there's like a community right and but there's no enforcement there's nobody who's in charge it's like and there's well, no actual jobs fucking, you know like hang people for doing wrong like the end of this episode is basically like oh don't worry we do regular stonings in this town if people <laughs> get out of line like what the fuck is this shit like what is this like lawless town like okay but then now it, it gets worse when you explore this politics so all right think about the gay thing right comparing yeah, it to sure. straight guys the straight guy taking care of all these gay people then there's like one shitty gay person who shows up, right? And ruins the whole community. The yeah, and it's like, okay, 
Thanks. It's you know I not that I don't know. Then it stops working. That the it the. I mean, I think it kind of works if you think about like homeless youth initiatives. Like a lot of those are geared towards like queer kids and stuff like that. Yeah. And there's certainly straight people who like run those initiatives and like have their heart in the right place and who might even like you know allow it to be taken over by a bad actor, but who might be like, well, I don't know, maybe it's for the best. I mean, I feel like things like that can happen in real life where like yeah. you start an initiative with good intentions, it, it ends up just not being what you thought it was going to be at all i get that i get that that's what this episode was like trying to show but also dr prescott didn't teach anybody what would happen if you had somebody that wasn't willing to work with them because they're so yeah sheltered from the rest and, like, of the world childlike they're like yeah. just this completely helpless town but, of, so how of do, people. that doesn't make the mutants any better it makes them literally like imp- they can't go out into the world they wouldn't even know what the fuck to do it's really they it's live in this sheltered community and, like basically they're saved by the fact that Scott Cyclops just fucking them. accidentally. By the way, where was he? He was going to Dr. Prescott. I was gonna be like, where was he going? But then I was like, he oh was yeah, going he did. To Dr. Prescott, because Dr. Prescott was like, oh, I've just realized that I saved, I like supposedly saved a bunch of mutants, but I haven't taught them how to defend themselves or how to do jack shit. And now these villains are here. I guess I better what do call I do? the X Men. So he just calls the X Men. And that's it. And then he just gets kidnapped. Okay, but it's also pretty fucked that, like, one mutant shows up, takes over this town of, like, all these sheltered mutants, and then immediately enslaves them as a fellow mutant. It's really fucked up. It is fucked up that that's even something that would happen, but it's equally fucked up to me that Scott shows up, saves the town, and then leaves again. And, like nothing is made of that like it's no. like these poor people are just at the whims of whichever the most powerful mutant that happens to walk by them is like whether it's bill braddock or cyclops like they're just lucky it's a good guy the last time around because what if scott was also a bad guy like what if scott showed i up? know but also meanwhile gene gray is just at home and she's like yeah. where the fuck are either of my boyfriends and they're both <laughs> at the same time in like other parts of the world they're saving meditating villages in the i know and it's like gene's like well i guess i'm fucking storm tonight i yeah i guess so i guess so i you know what this episode sucks ass Anyway, speaking of which, um, I wanted to also add in this little bit that uh, Mutant Age's fan and friend Todd recorded for us about the Lotus and the Steel episode, which is possibly even applicable to some of the undertones of this episode. I'm just going to drop that in here because I thought it was really good and it fits in with the politics section. So, yeah. Hey, everyone. It's Todd. You'd probably only recognize me from the Mutant Ages cinematic universe, so for folks who don't know me, in addition to being Maddie and Ryan's friend, I'm also a college professor with a background in media and sociology. I know from listening to Reader Mail that a lot of you are really engaged with the politics angle on this show, and I thought it might be fun to put my expensive education to good use with this little mini-cast. My plan is to introduce everyone to a very basic Wikipedia entry level to theory and scholarship that's relevant to what our beloved hosts cover during the course of the podcast. Let me say up front that this is always going to be a really broad, sweeping overview, meaning I'm going to gloss over fine details. As always, the best way to learn the deep lore on this stuff is to do the reading yourself, but maybe what you hear here will pique your interest enough to do that. In any event, after listening to The Lotus and the Steel, and in particular the just wildly racist-feeling depiction of Japan the app gave us, I couldn't get a sociological theory called Orientalism, with a capital O there, out of my head. Now, there's no such thing as someone inventing a theory. Every social theory is built on the work of people who've come before. 
even if the theory itself disagrees with them. But there's usually someone who's the most associated name with any given theory, and in the case of Orientalism, that person is Edward Said. Said was a scholar and a professor of both American and Palestinian descent. He came from a Marxist cultural theory tradition, people like Antonio Gramsci, or scholars from the Frankfurt School like Adorno and Horkheimer. I imagine those names probably don't mean much to most of you, but the Marxist tradition is basically about critiquing relationships of power, which can be anything from money to political control to the sort of thing Said was looking at, who gets to define what's what in culture and academia. Orientalism as a theory is really about Western colonialism and how the media and culture in the West portrays the East, the air quotes, Orient. In an Orientalist framework, the West, Europe, the United States, and so on, are by default cultured, rational, advanced, and normal. On the other hand, from their point of view, the Orient is mysterious, exotic, untamed, and undeveloped. The entire thing is, as I said, really about colonialism. If Europeans viewed the East as wild, backwards, and exotic, then it was easier for them to rationalize doing stuff like sailing in, taking over, and quote-unquote civilizing in places like India. It set up a very false and super racist binary where the West represent progress and modernity, and various cultures in the East were stuck in a mysterious but alluring past. A lot of the stereotypes of Asian and Middle Eastern countries and cultures you're probably familiar with in the media are pretty strong examples of Orientalism on some level. All Chinese people know Kung Fu. All Indians are mystics and yogis and snake charmers. All Japanese women are geishas. The entire bit from the beginning of the original Disney Aladdin movie. And so on and so on. Anything you can think of that really sets up culture in Europe or the U.S. as normal and an Eastern nation as exotic flavor is basically Orientalism in action. If you're looking for a really great breakdown of Orientalism at work in the media, you should check out the documentary Real Bad Arabs, real as in film real, R-E-E-L. It's based on the work of a scholar named Jack Shaheen, and it thoroughly goes over the ways that Hollywood film has demeaned and belittled Arab culture from way back in the Hollywood studio era days in the 30s and 40s, right up to the 2000s, when the very specific image of the Arab as the terrorist villain started to be really dominant. It's a super good documentary. For a really, really recent example, Nico Dio put out an article on Kotaku the very day I'm recording this about the Overwatch character Diva and the skin she has where she's portrayed in a schoolgirl outfit. Nico spoke to a number of Korean women who were really upset about this because it was part of a long trend of sexualizing Asian women for a game made in the U.S. by Americans according to American values. That sexualizing and infantilizing of Asian women? Orientalism, right there. I'm not doing Nico's article justice, and she worked really hard on it, so you should probably go check it out for yourself. Anyhow, that's a little crash course in Orientalism. Probably the big takeaway about it is to always be wary of things used, quote, to be exotic, or, quote, to give flavor that come from another culture. There's a really good chance that it's setting us up to view that culture in an Orientalist lens, with us as normal and them as exotic and mysterious. Hope you enjoyed this little trip through the theory ages, and see you next time. Good job, Todd. And we're back. Do we have a Who's That X-Men this week? or? Uh, no? Yes, it's really, really short. Like, Great. I'm so okay. excited to hear about it. All right. Okay, ready? <gasps> Who's That, that X-Men? Uh, today, I just wanted to explain who the fuck Solar even was because the absurdity that they used him. Do it no, but all. it's the absurdity that they even decided to use this character that was essentially a background character in the fucking comic books and make them a villain because they were just, I don't, were they just out of 
contractual characters or, they or could like use. Or out of ideas? Who I the don't know. fuck knows? Okay, so first of all, he is first known as Silas King, and he has the powers to retain energy from the sun and turn it into heat blasts. Silas okay. was born in Carson City, Nevada. So back to fucking Nevada again. <laughs> Okay, we're saying again as though we've been there. Okay, it doesn't even make it's any sense. It's Warcraft Valley. Nevada is the He location. may as well be a Warcraft Valley character. He's certainly gay this, enough. This episode may as well be Warcraft Valley. Warcraft Valley being the name of the world of X-Men and other assorted fan fictions that Ryan and I and our friend Katie wrote when we were teenagers. Yeah, anyway, we have a podcast about that too. For some reason, we said too. a lot of things in Nevada, and you can listen to the Warcraft Valley podcast if you want to hear Ryan and Katie read those old fan fictions and make fun of them. Anyway, yes. back anyway, to so this. Back to uh, Silas dean silas king oh my god uh silas dean highway is the thing in connecticut and i keep on thinking that when i see silas king anyway uh he was a mutant who worked as a smuggler of illicit narcotics so he was okay, just cool. like he's smuggling just a drug drugs. dealer but also yeah, and, mutant. Cool. yeah well as as you do uh mm-hmm. when making a drug run his van broke down to the desert and after being stuck for several days in the desert sun he woke up in a hospital and found out the uh, the power to discharge the solar energy he had stored in his body from this sun and he could just blast it out like gay heat blasts at cool. that point in time he took on the name solar he started another criminal criminal career just robbing banks in new york city and he made a partnership with the with claw and joined the em- emissaries of evil solar <laughs> was almost always defeated because he was a useless fucking villain and was eventually <laughs> captured by project pegasus uh, while he was imprisoned in jail, he was freed by this other character, Briss. And Briss used his powers to manipulate the staff in the facility and gave one of the guards that would, I guess, torture them. His name was Harry Winslow, and he gave that guy a heart attack. He didn't die, but Solar then killed Harry. But Briss then reanimated Winslow's corpse to have Winslow kill Solar. And that's it. That's who that character is. Great. Cool. Right? Very Two good. seconds on. Why the fuck he is here and has as much time as he does is fucking crazy to me. And also, he's just like an evil havoc. That's it. And like, I don't, I don't remember who came first, but I really kind of feel like Havoc did. <laughs> so I don't really know why he also exists. And like, is he really an X Men villain or is he more like an Avengers villain? Nobody knows. But that's who this character is because I just wanted to point how absurd it was that he was in this episode. It is absurd, and he's not even interesting, and, like, nothing that happens in the episode is interesting nope. at all. That's it. It didn't need to happen. Terrible. Nope. So what are we going to rate it? Um, I'm going to give it one out of five X's. If I'm that... going to give it a one as well. I don't I don't remember if we give zeros, but... No, I was going to say we could give it a point five, but I'm like, there's a lot of gay stuff in here they laughed at, so that at least earns That's a one. That's true. There were some moments that I laughed out loud. I For some reason, the end, I just started laughing really hard, I think, because I was just going insane. So, like, I guess that's... I'll give it a one for that. It was... I don't know. It was maddening. It was a really weird episode. Um, it was really gay, though. So I guess we can do that section next. Yeah. The Daryl are incredibly gay and okay, are like, can we just like break this fucking. apart? Like the this the subtext or at least the Ryan Manning fanfiction of this. So 
Scott's horny, and he's going to Westworld. And as you know, in Westworld, you can, like, hook up with that or whatever fucking robot you want to fuck, right? Yeah, so he just sees this guy, picks him up in a Jeep, which Jeeps are gay, okay. obviously. Well, also, I like this concept of the idea that Scott goes so far away from home to, like, have these gay hookups so, like, the X-Men don't know about it. Just I mean, he, like, misses his daddy, Prescott. Yeah, right, that's yeah. how... It, so he has his, like, Craigslist, uh, like, newspaper click, clipping hookup with this Prescott guy at his house, right? Yeah. And then he goes to town where three other gay guys like want to game bane him. And Scott just kind of lets them throughout the episode. Like that's what's happening. And he just keeps on going back and forth between those two things. I mean, also Chet is like, that Chet is, is absurd. Chet, the name, first of all, the name, absurd. well, yeah, but the name Chet is like the gayest fucking name they could have given, given a cowboy. I was like, I oh my God, he's actually gay. And he keeps on like <laughs> licking his lips and like being like, oh yeah. <laughs> and we're like, <laughs> whoa you're like a creepy he okay so chet represents like the old creepy gays like at the bar that are like 65 and like checking out the 20 year olds and be like you want a blowjob pretty boy like (laughs) okay sure he represents that he also represents like just predators whose behavior isn't acceptable anymore all right okay but then there's like then there's toad who represents like just uh being completely open about his sexuality and just coming on everyone which is also (laughs) fucked up Toad is like a flasher, basically just running around. Uh, Sol- Sol- yeah, Solar is one of those um, people who's really into himself. And he's like, I, he's like hot for himself, and he's really looking at himself in the mirror while he's fucking Scott up the ass. That's kind I of what like Solar's Solar scares. Solar is like one of those old gays who like somehow owns real estate owns a house or something and is like come on pretty boy come live with me but then like they has like this deeply manipulative situation in yeah the house and he's like, like get in the fucking basement and like mine for me bitch yeah like i feel like he's like one of those guys like oh he my just has God. a collection of pretty boys and like chet and toad are chill with it and the other mutants are like i don't this know this is fucking he bad nice but now it's now it's horrible and i can't figure out where to live okay but then wait, what's the the rock guy's name tusk, tusk? So yeah, Tusk is guy. also, there's also that weird scene where Cyclops goes and he's like, kind of like, does like, like as if he's cruising the town to have sex yes. and he like walks into Tusk's yard and they have like this weird, like cruising weird monologue yeah. that's kind of like trying to scope out if the other one is cruising or not, you know? Yeah. And then Tusk eventually is like, sorry, I'm already somebody else's butt boy. Like there's nothing I can do here. Right. Also, I yeah. have a wife. I mean, I'm gay, but you know how Well, we never see this character and he also creates miniature versions of himself. So I'm pretty sure he's just like fucking a clone of himself. And he's like, that's my wife. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> i mean but the whole episode was like super and he keeps on going back to like that dude's house and being like they make dinner they go back like multiple times it, it like, starts it, like as a hookup right and then it's like and then he's like actually going on a date with him at the end i mean i will say that like given the similarities to lotus and the steel in terms of structure except this time it's gay i did appreciate that they didn't like try to have some other female character be there to be kidnapped or yeah, saved this is or actually the first like time. That. Well, there's like one female character. I mean, besides Arc Light like, stands in the background. But she does all right. I mean, she like lights some I mean, she screams up. or runs away and then she grows some really big broccoli and then like that's her power. Throws it at people. And like, that's fine. She's the <laughs> well, only Well, I mean, as we've learned, that is effective because Rogue did it not too long ago at Gambit. It's so true. Throwing broccoli at people is dangerous. Broccoli is a, a really dangerous weapon here in X-Men the animated series. And it should be... If there's ever an X-Men like video game that's styled like Super Smash Brothers, broccoli, broccoli should be one should of the items you can there. pick up. But when you throw it, it just like de- like deals 50% damage immediately. Yeah. Also, there should be a tithe. And when you eat it, you get 
more percentage points i don't know or, or you less. pick up the tithe and it like summons fucking betty's spaghetti yes that would be oh amazing. my god as, like, I, an assist I, trophy. I really just need to just write super smash brothers as an x-men I, game you know what maybe marvel versus capcom will finally get rebooted as what it was always meant to be which is super i mean smash do we brothers. really think marvel versus capcom you already tried to predict that marvel versus capcom would like be like something that's Good relevant now it's not it's still no. really bad i mean i think there is gonna be a marvel versus capcom well this one wasn't even called four it was like called like ultimate, Alli- ultimate or something up. this is a whole diversion anyway uh, that's been the game yeah. section we did it we did it. Everyone's gay. Uh, you ready for some reader mill? May or may not be gay, but like we can find out. Our first email comes in from Ramesh, and I, I, Ramesh writes, Hello, I'm quite behind because I'm watching the X-Men films with my husband. It took a little while for us to find time for that. He doesn't know much about the X-Men outside the films. One thing I found interesting was he read mutant powers as being like autism in X3 because it's a thing that some mutants want to cure for and some want society to accept them as they are. Is that mm. a, re- a read you've heard before? Uh, no, but I'm Not into really. it. really. I'm into that. I-, I think it might work better as just sort of a general mental illness metaphor, but yeah, yeah. I don't know. Because okay. like, you know, there are some mental illnesses that are, you know, damaging or hard to right. have. I think that's an interesting read. I, I, I kind of like that, honestly. I think it's pretty yeah, cool. Yeah, it is cool. Okay, so this next part's a little lengthy. So you asked about the politics of Scotland at the time during the Proteus podcast. I can't specifically talk about Scotland, but it reminded me of John Mayer's Back to ba- Basics campaign. Wikipedia is quite good on it. Back to Basics was a political campaign announced by British Prime Minister John Mayer at the Conservative Party conference in 1993 in Blackpool. The campaign was intended as, an, as a nostalgic appeal to traditional values such as neighborliness, uh, decency and courtesy. It was often interpreted as a campaign for socially conservative causes, such as promoting the traditional family, though Major denied this. The campaign became the subject of ridicule when a succession of conservative politicians were caught up in scandals. And then it says, the article has a list of scandals that occurred while he was the prime minister. Then after that, it has the following. John Major lost the 1997 general election and resigned as prime minister and conservative party leader. Several years later, it was revealed that he had conducted a four-year-long extramarital affair with the fellow conservative, or this is MP, I don't know if that's Mr. Prime or whatever, uh, Edwina <laughs> yeah, Curry. Yeah, we don't know jack shit about anything. Yeah, I, I'm bad at politics sometimes. Edwina Curry in the 1980s. So MP stands for Member of Parliament, which makes a lot of sense when you think about it. Uh, Edwina Curry was in Parliament, was serving as a Member of Parliament during the same time that John Major was uh, was Prime Minister, if I'm reading this Wikipedia page correctly. The liaison occurred when both were backbenchers and had ended well before major became prime minister hmm. curie it, it could also be i could be pronouncing it right it could be curry i mean i just reading as i want to right. uh curie disclosed the romance in her diaries published in 2002 adding that she considered the back to basics campaign to have been absolute humbug in 2017 major said that sl- the slogan was an example of how sound bites can mislead the public saying it was taken up to pervert a thoroughly worthwhile social policy and persuaded people it was about something quite different I'm not sure the times work out for the cartoons to be actually referencing this, but I think hypocritical family values politicians are a common trope in fiction in real life. Stay awesome. Yeah. Um, that is very similar to what happened in there. And I have not heard that before. I'm just, I'm not well versed. Yeah, especially. no, that's interesting. I don't know anything about UK political history. I mean, no, but it's good America, to hear that because like, obviously yeah. we don't know that much and this is exactly, we yeah, want yeah. people so to write for, in. Thanks for writing in. Definitely. It's much appreciated. No, that was really cool. And it, it, that is very similar. Uh, for those who didn't listen to the episode, we're referencing the episode where uh, it was Moyer McTaggart when her kid Proteus 
who turns out to be a crazy powerful mutant that she was hiding in her basement and that's why she was researching uh, mutants because she wanted to cure him and she mm-hmm. had it with a politician who is like anti-mutant and like super conservative and yeah, so and he you can go back and listen to those even though he knew his son was a mutant and he'd basically like disowned yeah. his son and i'm pretty sure it was the first two episodes of season four of x-men the animated series so go yeah, back and watch that i kind of liked those episodes there have been a couple episodes in season four that we've thought were interesting at the very least but there have also been a lot of just real turds in the mix anyway yeah exactly um, our next email comes from Elena, who's written it before, and she writes, Yay. Hey, Mutant Crew, I wanted to know what you thought of my headcanon that Wolverine is also transmasculine. He's five foot three. He has a- atypical facial hair. He has lot. He's had lots of surgeries. Doesn't go by his birth name. Logan is a classic trans guy name. Fights for oppressed <laughs> minority. Is his clone is a young girl. Something I've something heard this got yeah. yeah something something ought to make a man out of you. Uh, yeah. I have not heard that, but that's that I've does oddly it's a work. Very popular theory, at least in part because of Laura Kinney being like the female clone of Wolverine and people being like, "What has that possible?" Although usually it's just people who don't like know. Although didn't that they she's recently really his clone? Literally, I was gonna say, didn't they recently? Like he was, she was originally his clone, especially for X Men Evolution. But I right. think in the comic books they eventually like eradicated that and rig they were like actually it is his actual daughter right they, i think they I did think that they, somebody like explained dna to them and was like uh, <laughs> if they're she's like, his clone uh, then logan's that's a trans not guy, how this works which maybe that's fine but i don't know if that was what you were intending to do here anyway <laughs> i have heard that before i do wonder how many trans guys name themselves logan after logan because he's a fellow like short guy and that's you know that's cool yeah um, i like that headcanon i think it'd be, i do too I think it'd be cool. I, and I'm, I'm open to that too so it's cool Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, so we have another email that comes in from another Maddie that says, Yay. Hi, Maddie and Ryan. My name is Maddie, too. Longtime <laughs> listener, first time writer as I'm finally caught up. Just This seems to be happening a lot lately. I think we're crewing new fans. Thank you. Just wanted to let you guys know you get me through the day at work with all your amazingly funny gay X-Men jokes. I've been a fan of X-Men for most of my life, but I actually grew up watching X-Men Evolution instead of the animated series. One generation right behind on. y'all. I'm mm-hmm. a diehard Rogue fan, so I think it's perfect that I'm writing in after this last episode love in vain even though it wasn't amazing nothing clever or insightful insightful from me just introducing myself thanks for what you what you do see you next time thank Yay. you for writing in and also just so you know maddie once we get through um season four and five of x-men the animated series we're going to be going into x-men evolution which i we personally are. am excited for so oh, stick too. around and we're we're going to cover gonna, we're going to talk about x23 we're going to we're going to be here Rogue. for years folks so oh, yeah. I actually, you know what? I remember uh, X Men Evolution, and we've talked about this. Where X Men Evolution Rogue was kind of initially like the Anna Pack and Rogue, where she right. was like not as cool. But I, but then she re- kind of becomes her own character. And she does, and I, I went back and watched some episodes. I was like, okay, so the Rogue in this is still sassy and tough, but just in a very different way from the one that was the '90s one because they they gave her such a like a like super southern like oh y'all gonna fuck with me bitch and like this she, like but x-men evolution she's still that way but she's also kind of like leave me the fuck alone you know yeah so. that'll be interesting to see I, I it's been so long i just truly don't remember so we'll see okay so now on to voicemails because we have a voicemail where you can call and leave us a message if you rather do that instead of just sending us an email or sending something to our po box and our first one is from elena Hey, this is Elena. I just want to know if you guys are going to Aresia again, because I would really love to go to any meetup that you're planning. Oh, Yeah, just uh, please elaborate on any upcoming con or panel appearances. Thank you. Love you guys. Aw. 
Um, okay, so I actually, I'm just going to say that I know that this is going to be coming out after Aresia, so I went ahead and I answered Elaine already. And right, I said, right, right. I, I let her know. I was like, okay. But um, right now we haven't planned anything out for the year. It's only January, but we're open to looking for stuff. Um, and I've been trying to kind of find stuff, especially in the New England area that we can make appearances at. So if you know anything, please email us at the at gmail.com. We are not at Aresia this year, um, especially after last year, just because like it was really hard for us to get through with all the snow. Yeah. Um, and we didn't want to take that risk again. Now, clearly, it is 65 degrees today, and like we overshot on that. But to be fair, in December, it was like an ice storm here in Massachusetts, so it seemed like the right call to make. Uh, but not this year. Potentially, maybe next year. But we're looking for new stuff, for new places to go. Um, and obviously, I think I believe Elena found us via uh, Aresia, and so we're open to finding more conventions and events to go to. So send over your recommendations for places you'd like to see us show up at or go to or see if we can get on panels at and you can email or us that over at on a panel like if you want us to yeah. go to like i don't know pax east boston comic-con anime boston or be around that like, general area because be i'm not sure if area. i want to be in pax east yeah <laughs> so well it, we'll probably be around we could potentially do a meetup in those areas so like definitely write in if you're going to go to any of those events because that'd be cool we could do a meetup somewhere and be fun yeah it'd be really cool <laughs> all right anyway Hi, Ryan and Maddie. This is longtime listener Nate, a.k.a. Curse Leak. I've been listening to the two of you since Insomniac in the morning and wow. been listening to Maddie since her time with the Isometric podcast. Damn, long time listener. I just finished listening to the Lotus and the Steel episode, and I've decided that Dorothy in The Wizard of Oz is, in fact, Wolverine. <laughs> Hear me out here. They are both constantly being pulled very reluctantly into adventures. Mm-hmm. where they end up freeing people from oppression. Plus, I can totally envision Dorothy clutching Toto to her chest while screaming, My memory! <laughs> <laughs> so I guess that makes Toto Jubilee? See you next time. Oh my god. Oh my god. Um, so, Jubilee as Toto is like an amazing it's image. It's very funny to me. And then like, eventually Kitty Pride is Toto, and it's like the yeah. same fucking deal. <laughs> oh my oh. god. Amazing. Uh, or or X twenty three like or armor. I mean, the, he's got a lot of like little girls that like are his. I'm uh, really glad that multiple people have suggested Logan as Dorothy. By the way, because I feel like that was what Elena suggested last last time around. She, I mean, she started Logan it. I think as Dorothy as well. I just think it's good. I'm glad more people are voting for that option. But, but Professor it's, Xavier is definitely the Wizard of Oz because I just I, I envision him just sitting there like his big fucking head being like I'm Oz. And they pull back a curtain. And it's just him like manipulating people and sitting in his like fucking chair and we're like yeah, thanks just- asshole <laughs> <laughs> thanks for making people see things again yeah anyway, i'm so um, psyched we get voicemails now by the way it's like really fun we did not used to get voicemails on the show now we get voicemails it rules i there are I multiple ways you can contact us more actually people are brave enough to call in to the number do you want to say what the number is right well yeah I we can go right into plugs actually yeah. Uh, so the, the phone number you can send us or call us and leave a voicemail is 508-319-1668. And if you're calling from out of the U.S., you have to put a fantastic little one in there first. Heck so yeah. It's yep. really tricky, but just make sure to remember that one. Yep. And you can also email us at themutantages at gmail.com, and we will read your fan mail right here on the air. Yes, And I believe next week we're going to have some haikus from our contest to read for you also. Yeah, we have um, a haiku contest, so that'll be we did. <laughs> and if you want to send us physical mail, because we now have that <gasps> option, you can send it to our P.O. Box, which is P.O. Box 334 in Natick, Massachusetts. It's 3344. 
Oh yeah, right. Uh, okay, well, yeah, that's the correct <laughs> three. There's there's an additional four. So it's PO Box three three four four in Natick, Massachusetts zero one seven six zero. You can actually find that up on the Mutant Ages SoundCloud page, which yes. you don't need to search for because you can literally type in www.themutantages.com or fuck it up and write mutantages.com, and both will redirect you there. Yes, and you can find the phone number, the email address, everything there. The PO Box. It's all on our SoundCloud page in the About section. It's super helpful and awesome and you know what else we also have social media pretty much anywhere you could possibly want it to be which is facebook tumblr pinterest twitter we don't have Instagram. a TikTok, but maybe we should i uh, i mean maybe that would be funny if it was just <laughs> random videos that we made but you can also watch videos we make up on our on YouTube, youtube channel, channel. the Hell mutant yeah. ages at it's just the mutant changes on youtube and yes. also there's so many things you can watch there we take clips of the show and like at the like the animated series and we put our voices to it yes. uh we also put throwback theaters where we read our own like or rewatch old, or old scripts or like we movies we, we made in high school men parodies that we made as teenagers which are called d-men and d2 we also put up some new parodies on there they're mostly excellent sometimes we do resident evil also because who doesn't like resident evil and also Uh, because resident evil basically is x-men according to us i mean yeah that's true well for me but most importantly that is where we're also showcasing sort of like the side project to this instead of just reviewing the tv shows we're playing all the x-men video games and we're putting them up on youtube as well and ages plays x-men games it's really awesome and so i hope people go and subscribe to that check those out uh also we have a patreon which is funding all of this and uh anybody who can kick in any money for that you are able to get some pretty cool rewards such as bonus episodes of the podcast where we talk about other movies or like read other scripts and stuff that isn't on the youtube channel or anywhere else it's only available to patreon backers and yeah that's really exciting too and cool that we have supporters there and i hope more people will consider that it uh, is it's really helpful and great and we're a completely fan supported podcast so everything you invest in this show goes into the show itself and i mean it pays us a little bit but it mostly just takes care of like all the all the, the expenses the, that we have um, which are turning out to be a lot more than you would think there would be <laughs> so <laughs> yeah especially since we're trying to get more people involved to help us with graphic design and just like contributing more stuff to the show and yeah right. that's been really cool as well um so yeah is that it did we do it um, I think so. You can also find us individually on Twitter, and, oh, and right. I'm I'm at Ryan Pagella. I'm at Mitty Myers. And one other thing, please just if you can, please leave us a review on iTunes or whatever you listen to this show on. If you can't leave us a review, give us a star rating because it helps increase our visibility to find help find new people to listen to us and tell your friends too. Yeah, just tell your friends you like this podcast. That's pretty much the coolest thing you could ever do, especially if you're too shy to write in or too shy to write a review. Just you know write about it on your personal facebook or something that's really yeah. cool too all right. right we did it another one in the can another fucking terrible this, episode of x and the Animated if you want to watch cyclops get butt fucked by a bunch of cowboys this, this is, is, the is episode your jam for you but also you're not going to enjoy it you know i never thought a bunch of cowboys fucking cyclops would be so damn boring and on that note we'll see you next time see you next time the mutant.